Hello, welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am well. I'm a, I sit before you a humbled man, as I told you earlier. Uh, did my 40th mm-hmm. uh, prep class reunion over the weekend, and pretty sure I'm the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> and uh, I, I like being that. I have no problem being that. But uh, it was nice. To have, I knew those boys. We were all 18. So <laughs> there's some grandfathers in my class now. And uh, yeah, a lot of success stories and quality people. It was really uh, been lovely, a lovely and humbling experience for sure. Always fun to reconnect with uh, people you spent, you know, formative years of your life in. And that's what college is for so many of us, right? Yeah. Those four, four or five years or however long you're there are very informative uh, and, you know, illustrative on many ways who you become uh, as an adult. Um, so yeah, glad you had a good time. I won't tell, I won't say your nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, it's no big deal. It, they, they, I, they were a very smart group of guys. I don't think they were very original. And I came up with nicknames. Most of us just add a Y to the end of our name so you could figure it out from there. I didn't love it then. I didn't hate it. I, there could be worse. Well, I'll tell you this. I talked to one of the guys I was friendly with, uh, who's done very well in his life. And he doesn't like a particular older brother. And I said, why? He's like, he gave me my nickname. And I had forgotten for a minute what his nickname was, but it was Stump for reasons I have no idea. It's a pretty thin-looking athletic dude. Right. always was. Right. Nevertheless, um, that was his nickname, and he did not like it. So we all we all have those stories. I like yeah. it. That's yeah. a good one. Sorry, so, sorry Howard. <laughs> and they might be listening. So hello, gents. Welcome to Welcome to True Hoop. Yeah. Uh, a little housekeeping for everybody. Of course, as you all know, you get our podcast through Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you you find your 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 audio pleasure. Um, you also can subscribe to our YouTube channel at True Hoop, and you get the full video podcast, and you get to see mine and David's handsome faces every day talking to you about the world Sorry. of the NBA. <laughs> Sorry, one, one of us is old, getting very old. I apologize. I'm doing my best. All good, all good. All right, David, um, you have a piece coming out on TrueHoop.com, which all of yeah. you should be subscribed to, and it's you know David's annual Predict the Records. And it's less of a – so one of the ones we talked about uh, in the past was – Kevin Pelton's from ESPNs, and he, what he did was over unders, right? Um, and it was setting the line at you know forty eight and a half or whatever. And he's like, yeah, this is about where I think it's going to be." And then Vegas actually has their, the over unders out now for for most teams. And one commonality I see between Pelton's over unders, Vegas over unders, and your actual win total—you don't do over unders; yeah. you say win total. It doesn't seem, David, that there's going to be any kind of NBA juggernaut in the league this year winning sixty games. And you believe the reason for that is is what we've been talking about for the last two years. The NBA wanted parity, and they have it now. There's so much talent spread out all across the league. No one's going to run away and hide with 60 wins, barring, of course, major injuries and luck that happens to go in that team's favor. Right. Well, you have to look at the other uh, – yet the converse of that is who are the terrible teams? Right. In, the, in the West, the easy name to jump out is Portland. But what if I told you they have DeAndre Aiden and Robert Williams and Matisse Thibel? Right and Malcolm Brogdon right now they can guard, <laughs> and, and, right exactly. And Shaden Sharp is an offensive player. Anthony Simons is an offensive player. Scoot Henderson as a rookie, yes, he probably struggles, but still pretty talented. On maybe on both ends, can't shoot, but he can do everything else. And that's the worst team in the West. Mm-hmm. So uh, and Detroit's got Cade Cunningham, yep, Jay Ivey, and Oscar Thompson, and all those big dudes that they have. You know, plus Bogdanovich, and I could go on and on. So. 
And that's probably the worst team in the East. So I just, as I wrote, and you you haven't seen this part because I just added it, but um, there's not going to be a lot of win streaks. Mm. There's going to be a lot. It's a roller coaster ride this year. It's going to be a lot of wins and losses, not just wins. And you know what's interesting about that? I wonder, with that being said, and this is about the players taking it seriously, how valuable or how important will that in-season tournament be, right? In, in that, it'll be a chance for a team to win a trophy, right? Because And money. Right, because as you said, no 10, 12, 15 game winning streets likely happening this year with, with the good teams that we have. So if you get lucky enough to get into the finals of the in-season tournament, that's a big deal. What what are they? What does the winning team make uh, per player? I don't remember off the top of my head. It's a big it's, number. It's, it's nice money. And look for the for the yeah. for the if you're a team that makes it and you have you know fucking super max players, no, it's not going to matter to them. No, they don't care. Right, but everybody else who doesn't make that right. money, that is nice a nice chunk of change you're going to get. Um, so it'll right. be exciting to see how that plays out. All right, so you had two teams that UK can win fifty games, and it's funny because they're. Uh, they're old teams, <laughs> two teams with, with, with old guys. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Took me a second to remember who it was. <laughs> the Warriors yeah. and the Phoenix yeah. Suns. Let's start in Golden State. Um, first, yeah. you like the addition of Dario Sarch. Yeah, I mean, everyone's talking about Chris Paul, obviously. And uh, and Kaminga mm-hmm. is getting some excitement. You know, at, er, uh, deservedly so, averaged over 20 game in the preseason. Uh, I I really like Sarich for them. I mean, yeah, it'd be great to have a, a, a regular starting center, right. but for the money they had, which was nothing, uh, the, what he can do defensively, uh, his ability to just be a passer, playmaker, facilitator fits right in with what the Warriors, how the Warriors play. Yep. <clears throat> 29 years old, high IQ guy, been out for a little bit, should be pretty fresh now. Yeah, I think he's plug and play for them, and that isn't easy to do for that team. No. There, there's other teams. Sarge can plug and play for anyone. Not everyone can do that for the Warriors. So he can. So, yeah, I think that with him and Paul, uh, the, Chris Paul in the second group to start games is going to be helpful, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see him with Kaminga. Mm-hmm. I think that'll help uh, Jonathan do better. We'll see about how Moses Moody goes. Uh, they've got a guy in their team, Gerard, named Curry, who's interesting <laughs> in that he still looks like he's phenomenal. Phenomenal. And Wiggins, I thought, looked really ready to go this post this uh, preseason. Draymond's injury, I think, is going to end up helping a little bit. It's going to force Sarge to pull a little bit more. I also have a sneaky suspicion, that's all this is, that we're going to see a little more from Kevon Looney. Mm. He's a year into his new deal. Uh, Green's out. Mm -hmm. He's kind of a made man, and I think in his own mind. I don't know, Kevon. That's just my guess. But, yeah, I just think that. He's got some growth. The baby KD's got more to give. Um, uh, maybe remind people a little bit of who that guy used to be. So, yeah, add it all up. Add up the fact that almost every team is dealing with new guys or new coaches, like in the case of Phoenix with both. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are who they are. And, and the guy they're plugging in to, to play a lot of minutes, Chris Paul, is called the point guy. Mm-hmm. Like, what can he figure out right away? Very you know, that brilliant guy. So I like all that. You mix it all together, and it's only – I think I only had them at 50. Yeah, that's it, 50. So it's not like I'm at 59. No, nope, nope. But, yeah, I think that they can be the class of the West regular season. I'm not talking right. about postseason yet. Yeah, well, because who knows what teams are going to look like come, yeah, come no the postseason. Yeah. Um, what I'll say about the Warriors, it's interesting. So, of course, Chris Paul came over in the Jordan Poole trade. The Poole piece is interesting because while Poole was bad last year, Poole played 2,400-something minutes last year. 
60% of the team's minutes, the most of yeah. anybody on the team. That's a yeah. lot of minutes to replace. You love the point guard. I love the point guard. What is not a recipe for success is Chris Paul playing heavy minutes in the regular season yeah. because then he won't be ready for when you really need him, which is come the postseason. So they're going to have to manage that and, to your point, play, as you said on our, on our call this morning, not about them, but about these teams in in, in sort of a larger point. Kaminga, Moody, these younger guys are going to have to play, make mistakes, and you might lose games as a result. But the goal is come April and May, oh, they're ready now. They can play postseason minutes and be very good for us. But that's a tough balance to, to for coaches to handle because, as you always say, David, they worry about the right now and winning today. I think Kerr is a little bit better than most, right? but it's hard for coaches to do that. Kerr, <clears throat> Kerr has the luxury of knowing he's not getting fired. You know, he's got the trust of his team and, and, and new management ownership. Um, Brandon, what is his last name? The, the rookie they have from uh, Santa Clara. Oh. Uh, Pozmieski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. He's uh, he's intriguing. They, the Warriors have failed a few times to draft the kind of the heady lead guard guy. Uh, he's just another one of these guys. But, uh, again, like to your point, he's going to have to play. Um the load management, the war on load management that the NBA has decided to declare uh, is going to exact a toll. There's going to be um, collateral damage for sure. You're right. And so um, how teams handle that, how they handle resting their players, is it less minutes? Uh, do you, as you said to, on our phone call earlier, do they just lie and have them miss games? We're going to have to – that's going to be a story. We're going to probably write about it at some point this year is what teams are doing to get to the postseason healthy. Because that's the most important thing, right, is to deliver as many healthy bodies to the postseason as possible. Now, the NBA is going to try to tell you, but everything matters. So does the regular season, which we understand, but at this pace with 82 games, both can't matter, right? Because if you prioritize one, you're going to run out of gas come April. And we see it every year. As you say it a million times, you know why Christian Brown looks so amazing in the finals? Because he didn't play all year and had plenty of energy to run around everybody. Well, that's, you know, that's a big deal. The other team you had winning 50 games also reliant on older people. Uh, in spe- specifically, one awesome older person in Kevin Durant, right. who is 35 years old. Still plays at an all-NBA level when he plays, but for the last few seasons, he's missed a significant number of uh, amount of games. For All those injuries have been fluke, but listen, those things happen. It's basketball, it's a contact sport. But what do you like about Phoenix? And for them, like the Warriors, how important is getting Durant and those guys rest matter come April and May. I mean, it probably is going to matter a lot. Uh, Durant more so, you know, we don't have a lot of memory of Durant kind of fading out of a postseason, mm-hmm. just getting hurt mm-hmm. or not getting hurt. So yeah, they've got to, they've got to try to keep him, you know, uh, I, what is Bill 30? Yeah. Bill's in his thirties. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so uh, I, I like, I like, the, that trio, 30, exactly thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that trio is pretty special, yes. and um, and they've got some depth because of some of the deals they did. I happen to like their coach a lot, and, and Frank Vogel, and I think that he'll build a good uh, defensive foundation. Uh, I, whereas maybe five years ago, some of these guys might think, "Man, this dude's crazy. Why are we doing this?" Mm-hmm. They're not going to think that after what they did with the Lakers mm-hmm. when they won that championship in in twenty twenty. They, they were a really, really impressive defensive team. And so I think, I think his words will, will fall on eager ears. And so when you factor all that in together with the way those three guys can play, I told you maybe on Thursday, 
the the way the Nets ran out the Celtics made me. I, I I heard Zach Lowe and someone else talk about it, and I thought, you know what, this team has that kind of potential. Yes. And but because to, to the original point of just getting to the postseason, they're not going to win sixty games because and, and they have a center issue too. Mm-hmm. I don't think Nurkic. Right. I I think they need to scour the G League and and the waiver wires and two way guys and find themselves a guy that can jump to 12 feet, catch and yep. dunk and rip protect a little bit. That I think is a better partner than what Nurkic can be and let Nurkic be the backup. But we got all season. I like, I like what you're saying there. Also too, for Frank Vogel, he has experience managing an older team, right? The Lakers were, yeah, right, were older right. when, when he had them. Yeah. Another yeah. player who I think will be important for them. And this goes to the, you know, Vogel has some, he just got hired. So yeah, likely he'll be getting fired next year. It's probably not likely. Do they let someone like Nazir Little play, make mistakes so that come April, May, he matters. Because, David, this is a guy who bouncy, super athletic, six seven long, can guard. Like, if he figures some things out, it's a valuable player to have on the court. you got to take the lumps, though. When he messes up, and it might cost you games in the regular season, but it might be better come postseason. Yeah, uh, I typically stop following teams as they fall out of relevancy. Mm-hmm. And so I don't remember, but I think Nasir Little was making some progress last he was, year. He was, and and uh, and so yeah, that's the whole thing. Is can you get? Uh, don't they have Grayson Allen? They do. Who's who started and, for the Milwaukee Bucks? Right, <laughs> and Nasir Little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like these guys can provide quality depth for them and allow them to not overplay Booker, Beal, and and also potentially mm-hmm. KD. No, that that's exactly right. And so yeah, those are the the two fifty win teams. So that leaves the question that people are probably asking, David, what about the Boston Celtics? What about the Milwaukee Bucks? They just got Damian Lillard. The, the, the Bucks should be awesome. And I agree they should be awesome. But what I'm what I'm worried about, which I imagine you are too, Chris Middleton's health. And as much as I love Brooke Lopez, he's 36 now. Can I guarantee he's going to play stellar defense again at this age? Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, I think I had Boston one and, and Milwaukee two, 49 wins and 48 yeah, wins. Or 47 wins at the game for Milwaukee, I think. Maybe so. Um, uh, so Milwaukee has, yeah, we have a couple concerns. You, you, The Brook one is one. The, low, the, uh, Middleton. the Middleton one's much bigger. Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, that that's an issue. Um, he's not even back now. Yeah, he's. We don't know what he's. We don't know what's going to happen with him. He, he did play. He did I play love, a preseason game. He played right one minutes, game. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, is he going to be full board Wednesday night? Probably not. Um, and and can he stay healthy? We probably not. Um, Giannis and Dame are pretty 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 good. Together. That's a nice duo. Yeah, I I like Pat Connaughton fine. Um, they're going to be really good, but but in years past. The top teams were at 55 wins plus projected. That just, it just, they're not, you're not getting fat in this. You know, the Magic are going to suck, right? But they're not going to suck that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, they got plenty of talent. It's just not easy to get these wins. And so, what's going to happen is on nights where uh, uh, you got to sit in Middleton, who does have a legit knee concern, um, they don't have Drew Holiday. There is going to be some defensive issues there. Uh, uh, you're going to get beat yep. in, in games that you normally wouldn't get beat. And, and you're going to have some one in three weeks. And they're not going to play that badly. Right. They're just playing good teams. And so it, the key is, one of the keys is going to be to, for these guys that are so used to winning 50-plus games and feeling like they're contenders, and then when they're not on that schedule to win in many games, they don't feel like they're contenders. No, no. Yeah, we are. Like, don't lose track of where we're going. 
just because, you know, at one point we're three games above 500, 20 games in, whatever. Yeah. Just let's just keep going, keep going, keep learning, keep figuring stuff out. Uh, we're going to be okay come April. That's got to be the thought. Yep. You can't lose. You, you, a coach has to make sure they don't lose the team before they should be lost. Right. Because uh, this is going to be a really tough league. The NFL knows this all too well. Right. Lots, whole bunch of NFL teams have been barely above average during the regular season. And they win the Super Bowl. And got hot, <laughs> yeah. and got hot when it mattered. Different in the NBA with the seven-game series right. and all of that. Nevertheless, uh, the regular season will be similar. You got to just stay, kind of stay with it. Leadership matters now. And this will, that's an important point you bring up, David, because this is year one for head coach Adrian Griffin. So yeah. there's going to be some learning curves along the way, right? So that, that'll be something to watch, as Missoula had from Boston last season. Last year. It's one reason why I have Milwaukee just a little bit lower than probably other people. I don't know where. I didn't look to see what Vegas did, but they, I, bet they're, I bet they're over 50 in most places. Probably. But I just don't, I don't trust the new coach all that well. Um, as far as the Celtics go, David, I love their top six in their rotation. Yeah. I think it's, Who doesn't? I mean, it's phenomenal. Uh, seven through ten? I don't. I don't know so much. <laughs> well, no, no one does. Yeah, that that's an area of weakness. Uh, that's where coaching player development really comes in. Got to develop these guys. You got to give them rope to fail. You got to give them room to just figure stuff out. Not overdo it. Not over. Not panic. Um, I, I've been talking to the players around the league these last few weeks. I've been encouraged by what I've heard from a lot of the players about what their coaches have told them. Now. I don't believe anything anyone says this time of year. <laughs> I'd rather them take the approach they've taken. Let's see what happens in the regular season. You start seeing guys get yanked and not getting back in for a mistake, then that, that's a bad sign. But look, that's not happening yet. That, that, that's a Tibbs special, right? <laughs> Tibbs yeah. is big on that. A young guy will play. He messes up. You don't see him for weeks, you know? And it's, yeah. and you know, guys in the, in the NBA, listen, you need depth to, to manage the regular season. It's 82 games. You have to play these guys because ultimately, as we know every year, when an injury happens, which it will come postseason, how do you know if you can trust anybody in your bench when they haven't played all season, right? Now you're in trouble. Yeah. But if you know we've gone 10 deep all year, I trust these guys because they've had experience. We'll see which coaches can actually uh, hold up to that. You, I think, are probably higher on the Raptors uh, than maybe a lot of other people are uh, this year. What is it about the Raptors? I think you had them at 45 wins, which is above yeah, 500. Yeah, maybe a four seed. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a four. Here's why. It's not rocket science. Uh, they won 41 last year, and it was a terrible year. They won, and they won 41. They were 15 and 10 with Pirtle, who totally changed them as a real – they just haven't had a defensive center since Marcus Saul. Last time they had a defensive center, they won the championship. Now I realize they acquired Leonard. Um, I like their coaching change. I thought Nick had kind of run out of gas with this group, and hopefully he'll do well in Philly. Uh, Darko, uh, I got a good feel for Darko. I, I like what they ran this summer, this preseason. They destroyed the preseason, by the way. Undefeated, killed everybody. Uh, number one all across the board in the same kind of stat they've always done before, only better. And then when you've got a dynamic duo like Boston does, like Milwaukee does, you're pretty good. They've got Siakam, who's a year removed from All-NBA and almost made it again last year, one for Jalen Brown and the way people kind of lobbied to get Jalen Brown and Pascal probably would have got it. And I really thought – I did not know how Scotty would look, Scotty Barnes looked this summer. Mm -hmm. I, I did not like how he looked this summer. I did not know how he looked in the preseason. He looked really good. He was very forceful. I didn't see the joy that I once saw from him, but I did see a lot of force. They're going to bully you at the rim – in transition, on the glass, in, creating turnovers and going to the rim. Uh, they're big and tall. 
They've upgraded from Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet to Scotty Barnes at point guard. That's and then they got OG and Pertle defensively with Siakam being kind of versatile. Barnes should be a plus defender. Gary Trent Jr. looks good, yeah. probably coming off the bench. They they need some help. They've got to find themselves another point guard, in my opinion. Scotty, Scotty and Siakam both can play the point, right. but they're not point guards, obviously. So, uh, yeah, I think just in they're different than most of these teams. They they the way they could the length that they have, what Pirtle gives them uh, with. Precious, uh, uh, Alexandru and um, Preston Chua, sorry. And um, Coloco, we'll see if he comes back from an injury. Uh, there's another guy they have that they have to extend also. I just went blank on his name. Uh, Malachi Flynn, mm-hmm. who I've always liked. He's never really made it there. Uh, they have Chris Boucher. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got plenty of guys that are pretty good. Right. I think those stars can really kind of push them over the edge. And I think, Scotty, I told you mm-hmm. on Thursday in, my, in, our, in our five bold predictions, yeah. I thought Scotty would be an all-star this year. And I don't think that's such a bold prediction. He's in year three. He's going to have the ball in his hands a ton. And then lastly, the what Darko is going to run yeah. tactically yeah. is going to be good. This is no Nick Nurse throwing the ball side to side, dribble, 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 right. dribble. It's going to be passing, cutting, get the ball to the joker elbow, pinch post area, play off that post, post splits and the whole thing. I think they're going to be a harder team to guard. The question will be how well they shoot. That's a fair question. And they will be an excellent defensive team, it looks like, as well. So It should be. Should yeah, be. They, they have the length, too, the versatility, uh, the athleticism. Yeah. You know, if they commit to that end of the floor, to your point, you're not going to want to play Toronto. It's like, oh, man, we're going to the Raptors tonight. Yeah. No. No, they're going to create a lot of chaos. Yeah. A lot of deflections. Yeah. For sure. Uh, David, a team we didn't mention, but a team that is near and dear to my heart um, because I enjoy their players. The Memphis Grizzlies suffered a tremendous blow in yeah. losing Steven Adams for PCL surgery. So he's out for the season. And everybody's talking about the offensive rebounding portion of it. And I agree that that's a big piece. The other piece that's important is Steven Adams is one of the better screen setters in the NBA. Try, nav- the try navigating around that big dude that's going right. over him, fighting through. It's just you're running into a mountain. Well, Right. Who's setting that screen now? Yeah. Salty Aldama. It, uh, as much as I love Salty, <laughs> real skinny. You can get by him. Right. Right. It's, it's not just that, although I think that's super important when you said um, Steven Adams is really a great culture builder. Yes. And, and also, not, not that any of these guys are soft, but if you're ever unsure if you want to step up to a guy who's been hitting you hard, it's just easier knowing you got that mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm behind you he's just the strongest man in the room mm-hmm. you know he's got a hell of a future in movies but he's not <laughs> be an action star. he'll always be the bad guy or a great bodyguard <laughs> he'll always be that but that's a gigantic man he's, he's huge and uh and yeah i think the screen setting he's also a, a better passer than you'd mm-hmm. think um maybe the best offensive rebounder of all time mm-hmm. maybe most malone is better um he's incredible that way it's a it's an issue but when i talk to players if, if I over the course of 21 years now, no one ever wanted to go against Kobe because he's just going to shoot every time and he can get a shot he wants. Iverson was hard to go. I mean, I could go on and on with players. Um, Steven Adams is just nobody wants to play against yeah. him. Yeah. He's immovable. He's very big and strong. Immovable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's, a, there's value to the identity of the Grizzlies wrapped up in him. And, and now that Jaws out for 25 games, uh, I might have had them be a one seed had had Adams not been hurt and Morant not suspended. Right. I agree. They do have the potential, though, Gerard, I think you would agree with this, to uh, fight about maybe a little bit better than average, mm-hmm. 
until they get job back, knowing where they can get once he really gets rolled. Yeah. It's going to take a while. He's he's allowed to practice. Yeah, he's practice and travel with the team. Right. Mm-hmm. He just can't play. Right. But still, they don't practice much. No. No. So he'll work out. He'll work out with the, the guys that are playing mm-hmm. and some managers. Every team's got mm-hmm. that situation. It's not the same. No. So it's going to be a bit. It's going to be a bit. And hopefully he's taking care of the other things in his life. And and also the shame of think that that is an issue yeah. when you've been suspended for something like this. Mm-hmm. I hope he's completely past all of it. He should be. He can be. And then the Grizzlies can feel like, okay, you know, 15 games into mm-hmm. his return, mm-hmm. like we should be rolling. Especially because he'll be so fresh. So he'll be like, as, yeah. as you said, like a Ferrari Brown. Flying, like around, Brown. flying around. Yeah. Except he's way better. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. he's right. he'll, be like, he'll be like a really good Christian Brown. Yeah. In the playoffs. Yeah. He'll be really fresh. Um, yeah. That's a scary thought. So if the Grizzlies do not go out and figure out how to get another center, be a trade or what have you, it's gonna be a lot of Jaron Jackson Jr. minutes at the five. I love Trip. You love Trip. Him at the five means more potential for fouls, which is still an issue for him that keeps him off the court. So that's gonna be something that he has to watch very closely if he does play a lot of five, which he will. Got to stay on the floor. His offensive games got to make a level up with without without Ja and without Stephen Adams, which we talked about. Desmond Bain also is a playmaker, which we've seen a little bit of in the preseason. That has to also everyone level up. They don't have Tyus Jones now, right? So. Everyone's got to do a little bit more and be a little bit better um, for them to, you know, be a good team. Remember, they had, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. Tyus Jones and to Anthony Miller. Correct. Now they got neither. Good players. Yeah. They're, they're, right, they're both gone. Uh, Xavier Tillman mm-hmm. will be important mm-hmm. and has been yes. good for mm-hmm. them before. Uh, I think, you know, Jake LaRavia has got to step up. David Roddy, both of them. The, the guy that I'm most excited about is Zaire Williams. He looks really good in preseason. I, I was – he was in my top eight two seasons ago and the two drafts ago. And um, yeah, we'll see if he can translate preseason, regular season. But boy, if he's good, that's a game changer. Yes, huge. An athletic three that can shoot. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't want that? They guy? picked him in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he was okay. eight. I thought he was exactly where I had him ranked. Eight, so meaning, which isn't normally the case. If he, I'm not expecting right away, but if he starts to level towards the where they picked him at, where you, yeah. that, like you said, huge for this team. That is, yeah. that's found money. I mean, excuse me, if he can be 35% from three and not get torched on defense, that's progress. Oh, huge. You're running. All right. That, that may sound like, oh, that's not a big deal. No, that's huge. That, that is huge hard for a young that. player. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. What is like 22 years it's, old? It's yeah. so young, so hard because he came in super young. Yeah. He put on some muscle too, which, uh, which I was impressed yeah. with over the summer. All right, guys, we'll be back after this brief commercial break. Okay. Um, a funny video, well, not funny video, but a video has made its way around the internet. Um, Paul Pierce has a show on Showtime Basketball uh. called KG Certified, and it's Kim Paul Pierce is often there a lot. And you know, David's already shaking his head because you know, for as great as those two were uh, as players, and we know they're smart and know the game of basketball, they just start saying things just because it'll get ratings, and it's just you know. So Paul's got his sunglasses on. He's like, "Let me tell you right now," he's like, "Victor Wembanyama, I seen what I need to see." He's top five in the NBA right now as far as skill goes. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. This is, this is going to be a thing now. He's, and then and KG's like, you don't even know what he's doing yet, which I do agree with that part. He does not know what he's doing yet. Nope, does not. And he's like, and Paul goes, he, he could do what KD does. He could do what AD does. I seen him put the ball on the ground. I seen him shoot it. I seen him get dumps over people in traffic. I'm like, Paul, you've seen glimpses. You've seen him do that once or twice. The reason why he, he isn't there yet, in my opinion, is because he – does not do it consistently yet and he's not to to kg's point he doesn't even know what he's doing yet one day 
he could be potentially his career could be as great as KD's or someone like that. But you don't know that on day one. We have a long, long way to go. But I thought it was funny, and I love your your thoughts on it. I mean, he would have had to have gone through the greatest metamorphosis in human history to go from the player he was in France last year to a top five NBA skill guy. Right. right. Forget forget player, skill. Right. He shot 29% from three in pro-A France last year. Correct. What are we talking about? (laughs) He's, He's the most skilled NBA seven foot four power forward. Ever facts yeah. <laughs> because there's none of those guys, <laughs> him and Mark Eaton, who was right. a power forward. Um, but yeah, not nowhere close. But I, I think what their point is, and I, I'm going to be gracious about this. I did, I did really like both of them as players. Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce really grew on me when he outfought uh, LeBron James for mm-hmm. uh, a jump ball, loose ball at the end of that game seven. Uh, he, I fell in love with him then, just tough as nails. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked him when he was at UCLA as more of just a score. Kansas. But um, uh, where? Kansas. Kansas, yeah. Yeah, he's from yes. L.A., played at Kansas. Yes. I always get that confused. But, yeah, I liked him at Kansas. Um, they're, just, they're just creating buzz. I don't even think they're thinking about clicks. You know, you and I both uh, have probably spent our, our days uh, surrounded by people who love a sport as much as we do, whether it's in a bar, the barbershop, wherever. And um, that's what it is. Yeah. They, they're – and I, I'm all for it because it creates interest. Which we like. But, mm-hmm. Right, which we like. But we're not going to take them seriously right. when they're saying, Victor, when you have top five skill, he, there are at least five players on every team and in every position in the league much, much better than him, skill-wise. Skill-wise. Uh, potentially, though, that's a different Correct. story. He's got the potential to do a lot of crazy things, and he's going to be the runaway favorite. He is the runaway favorite to win Rookie of the Year, is, for sure. As good as Chet looks. Victor, they're going to let Victor just play and figure stuff out. Uh, he checks every box, so I'm I'm a big believer. In I it. mean, you said it last week. It's you know, it, if he's just healthy, David, like that, right? If he manages to be healthy his whole career, that's just that's number one. That is the number one factor to determining how great he's going to be because we see it, right? That yeah, you can see him also from his first summer league game to the second one, from his first preseason to the last one. He's a smart basketball player. He's like, oh, I see they know that this is coming. Let me do this instead. Like, he's already, like, doing little subtle things. It's incredible. And to your point, we talked about it last week. Pop didn't really coach him hard early. Just kind of let me watch and see what he does. And now he knows, okay, he likes to do this thing. And now Pop can really be like, all right, you know, this isn't a great shot. This isn't awesome. He's been, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks now, Gerard. And talking to someone from San Antonio, I literally just got a text from someone there just now. Um Pop's starting to do that offensively. Like, Victor, what the fuck? I'm just paraphrasing. (laughs) What kind of fucking shot are you taking here? Right? But to what you just said, which I really like what you just said, uh, one of the best things about Victor is he's been this guy for a while. And so what that means is he's seen freaky defenses. He's seen attention. He's been the target of the teeth of a defense, right? The scouting report where he's the lead guy. It's isn't new. He's already been dealing with it. So in his brain, he's already getting, he's already been comfortable having to adjust things during the course of a game. Mm-hmm. And then also game to game to game to game as teams will will do what they have to do to rally up to make it tougher on him. His brain has become more agile that way. The difference is our league is full of 
just the quickest, longest, <laughs> fastest, strongest, tough mutants. motherfuckers ever. Mutants. <laughs> yeah, right. They're just, it just, it's never going to end. And he's going to see every game. Devin Vassell is going to get the best perimeter defender. Victor is going to get the best defender above 6'6". No matter what it's, yeah, after that, it doesn't matter. Every night, every single night. It's not going to be Zach Collins. It's not going to be Kelton Johnson. It's going to be Victor. And, um, and these guys are competitive. And they're going to be studying tape, right? How do I stop this guy? How do I slow this guy? And then word catches fire. Do this, do this, do this, whatever. And all of a sudden, there's a book. Right. And let's just follow that book. Yep. It's going to take a few weeks. Yep. And I, he's going to be – he's dealt with this before, just never at this, at this level. level. And you don't practice. Correct. He's always practiced a ton. No, no, no. It's just games, 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 games. So uh, that's going to take a toll on his body for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. He'll definitely feel that. But that point you made about the book, once the book gets out and people know, yeah. every – to Paul, go back to Paul and KG – Every great player has faced this in their career. The Jordan rules. LeBron can't yeah. do all the, every great player has had it. Steph, be physical, all the things. And the, the great ones, they come back and they say, okay, I know what this is now. Here's my counter to that. Here's a counter off of the counter to that, right? That's what makes these guys great is the constant refining, refining, refining. Right. Well, and, and, and I'll be very specific about this. Uh, I'm lucky enough to get to help sometimes the world's best players, not just good NBA players, but the best ones. And, and so, as someone I was talking to recently, uh, you have to relentlessly pursue uh, every moment you can where you can get something easy. So, as an example, this is not something I've ever done. I don't know Dame Lillard. But if I was working with Dame Lillard, I don't, he wouldn't need me because every single time you go under the screen, he's shooting the three. Every single time. You cannot make that mistake without him making you pay for it. He may not make but four and ten, but he's going to shoot it every time. So with the player I'm talking to, with some other players, it's whatever they're really amazing at that teams know they're amazing at, but still fuck up sometimes. So when they do, you have to take advantage of it every time. I, I already know the book on Victor. The book's going to get bigger as, as he's, we start knowing him better and better, but I've watched all his preseason games. I know exactly what you need to do today in game one to, to make it harder on him to do that which he does best and easiest. Mm-hmm. Remember, it doesn't matter if someone can do it if they can't make it. Right. you got to be able to make it so he can make offensive shots. He can make offensive rebound putbacks. you got to keep him off the glass. He wants to leak out and get big at the mm-hmm. rim. You've got to get a big back there. You also need to try to occupy outlet passers, potentially. Mm-hmm. This guy gets the rebound and getting his head up, seeing if he can throw it to Victor down the court. you got to tall up on that guy and harass him so he can't so easily throw it to him. These little things, attacking Victor's dribble, all these kinds of things matter. Uh, and so, but when a team messes up, so for example, Victor gets the race out mm-hmm. and they don't occupy the outlet passer and the guy back is only six foot four, who is a <laughs> foot. Think of someone, you. I'm six feet tall. The, uh, uh, my wife, five, seven. If she was five feet tall, she'd be tiny. My kids were over five feet by the time they were in eighth grade, whatever. Well, that's the difference. In size. So if someone doesn't occupy that outlet guy, Victor's got to make sure he races to the rim and gives luck a chance to happen. Right. Hope the other team screws up. Because every two points you don't get easily is two points you have a hard time making up. Mm-hmm. You gotta do it, right? And uh, but he's 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 going to figure that out. That there's a there's a sameness to that, a a a, a, a cold blooded sameness to these kinds of guys. I remember Daryl Morey saying 
He told James Harden when he first traded for him. I'm sorry, not Daryl Morey. Mike D'Antoni told him something like, if they go under a screen 100 times in a game, I want you shooting 100 threes. That's beautiful advice. Don't think about what's happened right. already. Right. You just do it. Just be ready to do I it every that. single damn time. I love that. Yeah, Victor's gonna Victor's gonna develop a better sense of that. I tell you what, France is gonna really appreciate what he does when he gets back there next summer mm-hmm. after a year in this oh, league. Bravani can move. Oh, he's gonna be so much Ooh, better. Boy. So much better. It's, yeah. it's gonna be good. No, it, it yeah. it'll be nice because because odds are San Antonio is not gonna make the playoffs or the play in, so he'll have some rest between end of the right. season and training. probably yeah, probably yeah. you know you never know some crazy things can happen yeah no yeah play in more so mm-hmm. than playoff obviously right. it's just stats yes. it's, not a good it's a hard hard conference for sure yeah. and a hard league but you're right he's going to be so good what do you think about them playing collins and him together i kind of like that with sochan kind of de facto point running it that's kind of neat what this antonio is doing uh well for sure zach collins because he shoots a three and and zach has I think J.J. Reddick said this, but you could tell me if I'm wrong. He, he, oh, no, he was talking about Chet. But Zach's got some, like, fuck you in his he game, does. too. He does. He, he, you know, you can be rich or poor, black or white or Asian, Latino, whatever. Tough dudes are tough dudes. Mm-hmm. Zach may look one way. He ain't soft. No. no he's, he's been injury prone. Happens. Happens. Really tough guys get injury prone all the time, get hurt all the time, too. And so I think that's good for Victor that that Zach plays with an edge and and has a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think that's I think that's a good partnership. Jeremy, I have a question about. Jeremy can't shoot still, right. and but he likes Scotty Barnes. He's a good passer, not to Scotty's level, but a good passer. Uh, able to defend multiple positions. He's interesting. Um, I, I I'd like to see more shooters around Victor. Yeah, sure. Although the way Victor potentially is going to shoot is going to make up for it. And what's great about him and Zach is. You can intertwine them, right? Because both can shoot. So they, you can, one can go inside, yeah. one can go outside, yeah. and you can flip them depending on whatever compl- is going on. I completely agree. Uh, Victor does not want to be put in a box. He has said this, I think, publicly mm-hmm. yes. that he, no one's going to keep me from bringing him up the floor. But, well, that's not true. Pop will do it if he does, if you suck at it. And some little guard will keep taking the ball away from you, man. Right. <laughs> but if you can prove that you can do it without losing the ball, right. keep going, big fella. Right. It just makes us better. Right. Yeah. No, it's. It's going to be so fun watching. Uh, they play Wednesday night against the Dallas Mavericks, so that'll be fun. Correct. Uh, they play Dallas. I, I got to laugh about this. I put this in our chat. And coach said every team does this, but it was just hilarious watching this assistant coach do it. So oh, God yeah. Sham got on the um, Dallas Mavericks assistant coach. He had these, I don't even know what they were, these weird ex- they're, they're pads. Okay, weird extension pads on his arms. Yeah. And he was mimicking Victor's wingspan. It was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. And, and I've seen well, why, why why do you think it was Victor? Was he saying yes, Victor? Yes, they were saying Victor. Okay, because they played them the yes, first game. Just to get yeah. them used to because you, you play you yeah. play tall people. You would never played anybody this tall with that wingspan. Well, right, right. And you know his wingspan, right? Eight foot. Eight, eight, eight foot. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter after That's, that. That's what it is. Like, what is Gobert? Seven six, right. seven nine, it, something huge. Condor. This is eight. Right. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. It is. I had a player on their team for the Spurs tell me, oh, months ago, June maybe. I don't remember. Um, you're gonna. Everyone at least gonna get their shot blocked by him in a shocking way, because it's the same shot they've taken their whole yeah. life and gotten off, gotten it off, and he's just gonna block it. That's why. He, he, this guy said to me, I think he could block five shots a game. I'm not sure he can. I mean, because I think people will adjust, yeah. but he's going to block a lot. For sure. And it made me think of when I was watching Sham God do that. He did a lot for three point shooters. It made me think about your drill you do with your guys. You're like, shoot it with 
exaggerated arc. You're yeah, going to shoot with right. regular arc. That's so right. You might have to shoot with a little bit exaggerated arc when that guy's coming out. He blocked Clay Thompson in that preseason game at three. Clay's never got a three point shot blocked in his life. I don't think. Really? I don't think so. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, you, I, didn't, I didn't even see that. He just, I'm like, geez. Oh, this was Friday night. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was at, I was at my reunion party. I didn't it see It was nuts. Game. I was like, dude, yeah. God, this guy's crazy. And he, he had three blocks on Wiggins alone. And Wiggins is super athletic and got. Did he really? What do you have? Five blocks yeah. in the game? Yeah. Didn't matter. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is. He's, he's going to have, he's going to set a record for rookie block shots. In terms of like how many times he gets five or more in a game, yeah. he'll have summer. He doesn't get very many. He's going to have like three or four or five or eight or nine, five blocks in games. How? Yeah. Over under in his career on 10 block games. Oh, I would, I would, if it's four, I would probably still pick the under. That's a lot of blocks. It sends a lot of for this league. It, it for this you're league. Right, you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, to, to your point about arc, like these guys, they've got all that stuff in their game. Yeah. They're going to, and they, the book, that's going to be in the book too. Yeah. Like, think twice before you just shoot the shot. He's coming. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He, boop, he gets those hands up everywhere. Yeah. And, oh, my God. It's just – it's so crazy to watch him. I'm super excited to watch this guy. All right, uh, David, as you know, the NBA is negotiating its next broadcast rights deal. Yeah. And this is – I know, guys, you hear me talk about this, and you're like, oh, who gives a crap about this? No, this is very important because this yeah. is where the league's money source comes from for the next umpteen amount of years, going into 20, 2030 and beyond. And the word on the street is they're looking between 50 and $75 million. First of all, that is a shit ton of money, number one. Number two, it's going to be stretched out over eight to 10 years, depending on how long. The, the last deal was eight years, so it's probably around the, what they're looking for. Um, and we know now with the different streaming services that exist, it's probably going to be some kind of a hybrid. And by that, I mean no one – it's not going to be just Disney saying, yeah, we'll give you – that's not happening. It's going to be maybe Disney for a little piece. Maybe TNT for a little piece, perhaps a streaming giant for a little piece, because no one group is going to give the NBA what it wants. Particularly, that's a big number, especially with the regular season rating numbers that we've seen over the past few years. That's an issue of concern, which is why they're raging, waging this war on load management and saying, I don't care. Stars have to play games, right? Because that's they, they want to see that. I thought it was fascinating because they this article in front office sports talked about the Amazon potentially wanting to create a like a Thursday night football package they have similar for the NBA. So a Tuesday night package or could it be Thursday night? Who knows? Whatever. And I think that's right. interesting because if for some reason TNT doesn't keep their, which I'm not saying they will or won't, would Amazon then say, okay, we're importing the TNT show, right? We're, we want you guys, you come here and we'll give you guys Thursday night or whatever. I, it's going to, it's going to be really interesting. I think the other piece of this is regular over the top uh, TV. So like, you know, channels 2, 4, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13, no cable. I think it's important the league gets back on regular TV as well if they want to capture, you know, a large base of fans. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much about that world. I do I do know that uh, the regional telecasts should set wrecking, record ratings numbers mm. because all of these teams, all of them, have a hell of a player or two and are going to be – in the playoffs uh, hunt, in the playoff hunt for quite a while. Yeah. Because no one's going to run away from yeah. them. Yeah. You're going to be all bunched together. So why do you watch drama? Why do you watch intrigue? Suspense of, are we going to make the playoffs or not, right? Are we going to win this game or not? So uh, they're going to watch if they're definitely going to win. If they're not going to watch, they're definitely going to lose. Right. And everything in the middle is good. Yeah. And it's going to be in the middle, I think. And um, uh, it's so, yeah. I, how much are they hoping to get from all? Between 50 and $75 billion. 
Oh, Billy. Yeah, I thought you said no, billion. B billion. That's what really confused me. I'm like, yes. what are you talking about? Yeah. Now I understand yes. it. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. So I think you got it right. It's gonna it's gonna be the Amazon Tuesday night, mm-hmm. you know, and the uh pro, the uh HBO Max Thursday night. Right, or whatever. That's the other piece, yeah. right? So you have HBO Max, Warner Discovery, which they if you look at if you're a Max subscriber, um, you'll look in and you'll see they have like the baseball playoffs, like oh, coming live event in 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 the H in the Warner Brothers Discovery HBO because that's all these things are owned by conglomerates, right? That's the yeah, that's right. how this works. So yeah, we're gonna right. we're gonna see that. And the other piece about this too is the in season tournament. As that gets more popular, and I think it will. Like you know, Marcus Smart said his whole life, well, nobody cares about that. All right, Marcus, you got to at least like he doesn't know any right? better. You got to at least play the game a little bit, dude. Come on. Um, but I think yeah. ultimately these guys are gonna be like you know. This in-season tournament's kind of a thing, and I'd, I'd like to win that. And if that happens, that's a separate piece you can bill out also and say, okay, the in-season tournament sponsored by YouTube TV. Or, which, right. by the way, YouTube TV is another one who may be the w- billing for a portion of the NBA's broadcast deal. So it, it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out over the next couple of years because right now, David, the um, the incumbents have an exclusive broadcast win- uh, negotiating window. Right. Once that ends in 2025, I believe, then it's free for all. So, you know, wow. you, you have the advantage, right, in, the, in that exclusive window. So if you really want this package, get it, done. get it done. Otherwise, Apple's talked about wanting to get in the game. Netflix has talked about wanting to be in a sports game. Yeah. And Apple already did it with Messi and MLS soccer. So, you know, why not? This is just more IP for them and more eyeballs and people to get on their, get on their subscription, which is what they want. How is Peacock do with uh... – the uh, Premier League. Well, like very well. Um, and, you know, yeah. Peacock is NBC's, um, that's their over, their, their consumer app, their streaming app. And that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the other piece. Makes sense. Every, yeah. every company's going to go with, well, we have our streaming app. So come to us and we'll, we'll right. stream. So that's the future. Yeah. More and more people watch games on, I'm holding up my phone, this, right, or on that, right, than they do on actual TVs. Well, you, David, you're different. You have to watch them on TVs because you got to analyze and talk I, to players. I do it on everything. <laughs> I have all my screens running. Yeah. I have a lot of screens going. Yeah. Starting tomorrow night. Starting tomorrow. Well, tomorrow night's just one mm-hmm. game and then another game after that. Wednesday night is when uh, every Sunday my wife and I meet and I get my calendar out. And she, I think I told you in our mm-hmm. kitchen, she has out. a whole 30 day calendar on a gigantic whiteboard. Uh, she painted it. So she's running with a, <laughs> with a, uh, with a grease pen. And so, She's got to go through my schedule for the week. She doesn't care which, who's playing. Right. She just needs to know the times right. of the game so she can track it. Are you? And we did it today. It was a, it's a lot. When of you days. make your calendar, is it primarily for? I, I would imagine the first thing is guys you have and what teams are on. That's the first. So guys, guys that I need to watch, and then uh, I don't do big games now because I don't. I, but yeah, so they, and like I have, I told her Tuesday night I need to watch the games. You, you talk about what we're doing for yes. Substack in a mm-hmm. minute. So, so Tuesday night's opening night, and then it's games that I really need to watch. Uh, we haven't done college yet. That's coming. Yes, that's true. I've got, I've got my son's team and four other, four other teams I have to track. So it's, uh, yeah, we went out and really partied Saturday night when I came back from Gainesville. <laughs> I'll take, I took her out last night. I'll take her out probably tomorrow night before the game. And then I'll see her again in April. <laughs> <laughs> that- I'll see, luckily she goes to bed 9.15 during the week. So um, I can normally catch up pretty good after there. I still play. We'll be we'll be okay. We've done this a long time now. David, these West Coast games, man. God, come on, guys, you're killing me with these West Coast tips. <laughs> Ten thirty, come on. <laughs> it used it used to be really easy for me, and I'm not gonna lie that uh, staying up for two in the yeah. morning was just nothing. Yeah. Even in my forties, 
Not as easy now. No. Yeah, no. not as my eight my eight minute naps are going to go to fifteen minute naps. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I need that. I used to need eight. I need five hours of sleep a night. That's all I need. It doesn't plus the eight plus the eight. As minutes. much as we love basketball, watching two three games in a night like it's it's a lot, man. Especially when you get when you got to go late. All right, guys. David mentioned we are doing something very cool tomorrow. Um, we're going to be doing an opening night uh, watch along on Substack. Uh, it's going to be all of us here at Troop, Henry, Travis, David, and myself. And we're going to be joined by Jared Dubin. Uh, a lot of you guys know him from uh, Last Night in Basketball, his Substack post. Katie Heindel and Tom Haverstroh, friend of the show, uh, who has his own Substack post as well. All these uh, great people, NBA people, have their own Substack posts. So we will be doing a watch along starting at 7 p.m. Uh, tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be for that first game, which will be ring night in Denver for Lakers versus um, versus the Nuggets. I feel like there's a stat somewhere where it's like on ring night, the team, the home team. I, I don't. They're not. Bad, yeah, yeah, bad not good. Yeah, it's, it's not. I know it's not good. <laughs> Human nature, right? Human nature. We won. To, We're good. Hard to be celebrating and then tough and gritty right, too. Right. Yes, tough, tough balance. <laughs> so we'll be doing that uh, tomorrow night. I will drop the link for that in the show notes uh, today. So when you guys look at that, you can get on there, join us, and it'll be a good time. All right, everybody, enjoy opening night. David and I will see you on Thursday when we'll have tons to talk about from the first three nights in the NBA. Take care.